Tonight's reading comes from Luke, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 5. Jesus heals a paralytic. On one of those days, as Jesus was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal. And behold, some men were bringing on a bed a man who was paralyzed, and they were seeking to bring him in and lay him before Jesus. But finding no way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and let him down with his bed through the tiles into the midst before Jesus. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said, Man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to question, saying, Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? When Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered them, Why do you question in your hearts? Which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven you? Or to say, rise, get up and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said this to the man who was paralyzed. Jesus continued, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed and go home. And immediately the man rose up before them. And picked up what he'd been lying on, and he went home glorifying God. Amazement seized them all, and they glorified God, and were filled with awe, saying, We have seen extraordinary things today. This is the word of the Lord. So our questions for tonight, and I always have these questions printed out in the pews on the blue piece of paper, Um, But the questions for tonight that Luther has prepared for us are questions 7 through 12, and I'll run through them real quick. 7 is, who is Christ? The answer is the Son of God, true God, and true man. How many gods are there, he asks? Only one. But there are three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The next question What has Christ done for you that you trust him? Answer, he died for me and shed his blood for me on the cross for the forgiveness of sins. And here's our question for tonight that I want to focus on. Did the father also die for you? He did not. The father is God only, as is the Holy Spirit. But the son is both true God And true man, he died for me and shed his blood for me. How do you know this? From the Holy Gospel, from the words instituting the sacrament, and by his blood and body given me as a pledge in the sacrament. What are the words of institution? 
Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. So our key question for tonight is question number 10. Did the father die for you? Such a strange question, right? You gutturally say to yourself, no, I know that. The father didn't die for me. The son did. And the reason why I picked this one is because of its answer. The Father did not die for me. The Father is God, as is the Holy Spirit, but the Son, Jesus, he is both true God and true man, like me, like you. Jesus died for you and shed his blood for you. And that's a great joy that we get to celebrate tonight and every Sunday and hopefully every day in your homes Jesus died for you and shed his blood for you. And this great mystery is on display in the life of Jesus Christ. I picked this story because it's so mysterious and and quite wonderful for everyone involved. Jesus was teaching one day as he did, and his audience was a tough crowd. Pharisees and the teachers of the Torah from everywhere. You know, it would be like, uh, I'm giving a presentation in Chicago and everyone flew in from Minnesota and Indiana and Missouri and Nebraska and so on. Everyone that could be my colleague, they're all listening to me. They were flocked to hear Jesus teach. Because Jesus was famous for healing people, word got out and they said, hey, Jesus is going to be here. We know he's going to be here. Let's bring this paralyzed man to Jesus. He'll heal him. But because of the great crowds, they had to lower him in to the house through the roof. Through the roof, it says, into the midst A very Old Testament way of saying, in the presence of God. They brought, they lowered this man into the presence of Jesus. Have you ever needed to just get in somewhere? I think of a time that uh, I, (laughs) sorry, I locked myself in a room in my house uh, when I was a young man and uh, my dad Kick the door open. All right? I don't know if you've ever had to kick a door open. I don't know if you've ever had to pick a lock. Uh, You know, uh, this one time, I remember something very valuable being in a safe, and the lock just didn't open. And we tried the code over and over again, over and over again, and it it turned out we just needed to put in a new battery, which, by the way... You should change it every year, even if you think 
It hasn't been long enough. And we all know what it's like when you lock your keys in your car and your wife or your husband or whomever is at work and or they're far away and you need to get in your car and you're looking into the window and it's right there on the seat or whatever and you're trying to rip the door open and everything but hopefully you have AAA. And honestly, we get this image with Jesus today. The, the people, they knew that if they just got in that building, they got to Jesus, he would heal this man. This man that they loved, assumedly. This man that they wanted to be made well. And it's an image that is used for the church in early Christian art of our own selves being lowered into the church, brought into the church, into the midst of Jesus and his body, the church, through the baptismal font. What Jesus does when you're brought into the midst of his body is he forgives your sins, just like he did with the man that day. And when he forgives your sins, you are healed, which is what he did with the man that day. But as always, the Pharisees were upset when Jesus did something wonderful. They said, Jesus, this is a blasphemy. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Bingo. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And this man, Jesus, is forgiving sins. Bingo. Jesus has two natures, God and man, human and divine. It's why we have two candles on the altar and why we light them during a divine service with communion to show that Jesus is fully God and fully man. That guy up there, that guy on that table. It's why we confess the Nicene Creed during divine services and the Apostles' Creed during the week, during services like this or at home. Because the Nicene Creed helps to fill out for us Jesus' divine and human natures. Once again, Jesus is fully God and fully man. I keep saying this because it is just so important. He's not 50% God or 50% man. He's 100%, 100%. The people back in the day, they used to talk about Jesus is not two boards nailed together. He is one piece of wood. And so who can forgive sins? God alone. Who can touch a paralyzed person and speak with him and give him comfort? A man, a person, people. And Jesus is both of those. Yes, God became a fetus in his mother's womb and was born. God died on the cross for your sins 
like any man could die. And a man who is God rose from the dead so that you will never die again. Only true God has the power to rescue us from sin and death, but only a true man could suffer, could suffer on the cross, the justice that God the Father dealt out at the hands of sinful people. But now that Jesus has ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of his Father, this means that a human being like you or me is up there. And because he is up there, he can be anywhere, fully God and fully man. It's like, you know, and people have a hard time understanding heaven, but imagine it like this. You uh, live in Saxony, Silesia, in the 19th century. And people keep saying, oh, we should move to America. And you're like, America may as well be a made-up place. I've never been there. I've never seen a picture of America. I've only heard strange stories about America. And then your older brother moves there. Your older brother immigrates to America. And he picks up a trade. He starts making a lot of money and sending it home. And he comes back and he visits you. And he says, hey, you should come with me. You should come to America too. It's a great place. There's lots of opportunity there. And because your brother, your older brother has come back, now you know America is a real place. It's not made up. My older brother not only moved there, he came back and told me about it. That's what heaven is like. Jesus, our older brother, died, rose again, and ascended into heaven so that when he returns to this altar, when he returns in the preaching of his word and the reading of his word, he can tell us all about it and make us eager to join him there. What are these words, Luther asks, that Jesus shares with us? This is my body, this is my blood given for you. And we sinful people, we remorseful of how we treat others, we people who are grieving the pains and brokenness of our lives are brought to Jesus. We can't give Jesus anything. We can't convince him of anything. Often we can't even stand before him. We can only receive from him. And that's why on Sunday mornings, I kneel when I receive communion at the altar. I too am a guest at the Lord's table. The Lord Jesus acts both as the host at this table and the sacrifice, the sacrificial lamb. 
He is both the good shepherd that lays down his life for his sheep and picks it up again, and he's the sacrificial lamb. And what Jesus gives us is what he promises when he instituted his supper. He says, this is my body, this is my blood shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. Fully body, fully bread, fully blood, fully wine, fully God, fully man. Rise, pick up your mat, and walk. Go. Like the man in the gospel reading today, we respond in praise, in glorification of God when we receive Jesus at this rail. Because God is not off somewhere else or high up in heaven. No, he ascended into heaven to be here with us, to be right here in this sacrament, in these words right now, in this church, his body. And so we can all walk out of here forgiven, healed, paralyzed by sin no more, praising God in thanksgiving. In Jesus' name.